0: Everybody, John Finn here, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org. We are a house church network. I encourage you to visit our website, sign up for my weekly thoughts and my monthly newsletter. My weekly thoughts is an email, a teaching email that comes out every Friday morning, U.S. time by email. My monthly newsletter comes out on the 20th of the month by email. That's where we put teaching, prophetic things, things the Lord has talked to me about, uh, meetings, conferences, online meetings. That's where we put all that information. On our website, there's information about house church. There's 10 question and answer videos. There's archive things, podcasts, all kinds of things. So anyway... <clears throat> Visit our website, and also you can visit our KWOWI, K- Kids Without Walls International, KWOWI.org as well. Find out about that. So, Cwowi.org and KWOWI.org. All right, today, part two, asking the question, why doesn't God heal everyone? Why doesn't God heal some people, e- even? So, last time, I talked about 1 Corinthians 6.18, about sins against the body being manifested in the body. And I also talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 17 through 31, about how there was strife and division, prejudice, uh, how they, uh, the Greek word in verse 22, they despised or kataphroneo in the Greek. They looked down upon others of the body of Christ. And so they were weak and sickly among them. And some had even died early because of this. They held on to this prejudice and this bias and things in their hearts. So today I'm looking at another uh, sliver of truth as to one reason why people don't receive divine healing and share a little bit of my own life in that. <clears throat> you know, sins against the body are manifesting in the body happened to me uh, back in uh, 2018, I think it was. I was out working in the sun. Actually I was on I was having fun, but I uh I overheated myself. And I didn't think much of it. You know, I felt a little weak or whatever. I didn't I mean at the time I nearly fainted and passed out. I was you know, but I got overheated. Well, later I had a little bit later I was scheduled for an annual uh checkup and they found an irregular heartbeat. And the, the conclusion was, and what the doctor said, you know, he said his, his own dad had got a fibrillation, an irregular heartbeat from the stress of prostate cancer treatment. You know, and he said any stress on the body, especially as you get older, can cause your, your heart to go into an irregular heart rhythm. And anyway, long story short, there wasn't divine healing for me. And. Uh, because I, I, did it to myself and I had now have a pacemaker. I've had a pacemaker since they tried to shock it back. They tried everything they knew what to do to try to get the heart into a regular, uh, rhythm, but they didn't do it. And I did that to myself because I, I, I knew what I was doing in terms of pushing myself. But, uh, I learned one thing, John, you're not a young man anymore. Um, so, so this is, this is some lessons I've learned. Uh, where I want to take you in scripture is to Philippians chapter two, verses 25 through 30, where Paul talks about Epaphroditus and of Epaphroditus, he says uh, it, it in this passage, he says, "Because of the work of Christ, he was close unto death, not regarding his life." I want that that phrase, "not regarding his life," to supply your service toward me. In other words, what we find out later in Philippians four is that Epaphroditus was helping Paul in the ministry, and he actually uh, ran—I say ran—he took a journey to take an offering from the Philippians to where Paul was, and. And and he exhausted himself. He worked overworked himself. So that's part one today, is that this is a, again a sin against the body, but it's a different sliver to look at in that he exa- Paphroditus exa- exhausted himself. The Greek word I've got it written down here for not regarding that Paul said he didn't regard his life. It says it says this. It's a compound word. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but it means having no uh, taking risk and disregarding. Common sense, exposing oneself to danger, reckless. That is what that Greek word means. Where he said he's not regarding his life, he was reckless. In other words, Epaphroditus pushed himself too far. Maybe it's like a, maybe it's like a, you know, a, a mom who has children at home, or maybe you've got an adult child living at home with you right now, and they're a slob. And you you are always running after picking up after them, doing their laundry, doing their dishes. They can leave food sitting there where they you know are watching in front of the TV or whatever, and just leave it there and know that you know the, you're going to come along and, and and take care of it. And, and you're exhausting yourself in that. You're you're teaching them pick up after yourselves, but you're training them that they don't have to because you'll be there to pick it up, pick up for them. So instead of them taking responsibility for their life and and you training them properly, then this this mom is exhausting herself, not regarding, being reckless for, with her own life. And then she's, she she suffers, you know, she's tired and everything else. And the body starts to break down. She goes, where is God? Where is God? Well, God was in the efforts to train them properly, to pick up after themselves, to do the dishes, to help with the laundry around the house, et cetera, et cetera. And teaching them is one thing, but it says to train our children. So that's, that's an example. Um, but Epaphroditus uh, worked with Paul and others. And, and he had no regard for his life. So, so that's something to look at. This is not just like a smoking or overeating where you sin against the body. This is, this is of the soulish realm, but it's, it's also of the very physical realm. And like I said last week in First Corinthians 6, 18, sins against the body are manifest in the body. So Epaphroditus was near death because he was so reckless with his own health, his own lack of sleep, uh, his own care of self. And I suffered this without going into a lot of detail when uh, years, so, several years ago, uh, I would get, got very, very tired and I got vertigo. And, uh, you know, Barb, my wife had been telling me for some time, you've got to take a day off. You know, I'm the kind of guy who gets up in the morning, uh, time of prayers, I'm waking up and everything else, but pretty soon I'm out of bed. I'm, I'm studying, I'm answering emails, I'm, I'm whatever the case is, I'm writing, I, I'm, you know, and I just, even on a quote unquote day off, you know, I've, that computer, that phone is right there. And so the my wife, the Lord, had been dealing with me. You've got to take a day of rest, you're, you know. And so anyway, I, I got vertigo. And the story is that the turning point for me and where I hadn't had a serious bout since then, except I think one time when I was really coming up to speed with it. But it was at a Dutch conference, our, our European conference. Uh, I think it was in 2018, 19, somewhere in there, several years ago and uh we had a wonderful worship time on that Friday night the lord was there open he came and visited he said a few things to me two or three others saw him uh, in the in the meeting uh, one man talked about how the lord came over and, and he didn't see him but he felt him he embraced him and the man was just in tears just feeling with the, the the unconditional love of the lord and it was an amazing thing many people saw visions different things that's just one of the things that one of the signs that Anyway, it just happens during our meetings. Anyway, so anyway, but, but, uh, but I had vertigo on Saturday. And I was very tired. Transatlantic flight over to Europe, going constantly. Saturday morning, I could barely stand up. And by Saturday afternoon, I just told Barb and our son, Brian, who was with us, I said, you guys have to take the afternoon session. I, I've got to go lay down. And so I'm laying there. And vertigo is, vertigo is not dizzy. A dizzy is when the world is spinning. Vertigo is when your body doesn't know what's right, right, left, up, down. You just can't know anything, and it can cause nausea and everything else. But usually, if you, it affects one side or the other. And for me, if I laid on my left side, I had some relief to it. And but this was a very, very bad doubt, bout of it. And yes, I was tired and everything else. But but I said, Father, I said, I'm laying there and I'm going, Father, what's going on? The Lord was there last night and he came over and he talked to me, but he, he didn't lay hands on me. He didn't heal me or anything of vertigo. And then you, you know, I could feel it coming on me Friday night and he, he went over and he appeared to different people. Different people saw him, but he didn't say anything to me. I said, so, so father, what's going on? And he just said, you've been disobedient. He said, you've, you've been dealing. He said, I've been dealing with you about taking a day off and taking a day of rest. And he said, you haven't listened to your wife. She's been telling you the same thing. And yet you've been disobedient. So you're suffering the consequences. And he said this, he said, he said, "Your body is going the way of the earth and you need to learn to adjust." Oh my. So I repented and uh, you know later that evening I was able to, to go to the evening service and and everything else and gradually recovered from that and I learned my lesson to take a solid day off. and but but what was I doing? It was a sin against the body, but here's the thing. I was like epaphroditus. I was just working myself to death. And so I had to learn a lesson from that. There wasn't the divine healing for the vertigo. It was me taking care of myself. So, so that's an element. And then the other one I wanted to see is in Timothy. In 1 Timothy 5.23, Paul told Timothy, don't drink just water, but, at, but drink some wine now for your stomach ailments and your frequent ailments. And and let me explain why Paul would say drink wine now, not just water only for your stomach ailments. In, in the Mediterranean world in that time, It varied a little bit by culture, but they would drink uh, wine with their water, or let me put it, they mixed water and wine together to kill parasites and everything from the bad water. And so, in general, the ratio was either four to one, four parts water, or six parts water to one part wine. So, it was a very diluted wine, and that's why, and that's the, you know, they... Children drank wine, but it wasn't. It was highly diluted. Homer, I think it's Homer in the Iliad, talks about forty to one, to have mostly water but just a touch of wine, forty to one ratio, uh, to kill the parasites. But generally in the culture, it was six to one, four to one, somewhere in there. And and so yes, that makes Jesus' miracle at Cana even more dramatic, uh, because uh, because of what they said there, you know, about how that he saved the best wine or the strongest wine for later. Yeah, in there. So anyway, Jesus didn't serve anything diluted. He He, he changed it completely, uh, serving the best wine at the at the end there instead of the diluted stuff. But anyway, uh, what Paul told Timothy is is you've got to start drinking a little wine for your stomach ailments. And so what Paul's telling him is that Timothy had been neglecting himself. He could have done that much earlier, but now here's his mentor coming in and saying, Timothy, you got to start taking care of yourself. So the principle here is not going to medical science, not going to take your medicine because you want to, quote unquote, stand in faith. Now, I don't know Timothy's. Uh, motivations in that why it took a letter from Paul to get him to start taking care of himself to doing what was to them that was just a that was right out of the medicine cabinet that was a a first aid kit that was common that would be like you and me reaching for an aspirin or or something like that it was just common but why did it take Paul telling Timothy to do it because Timothy was working so hard and he was just neglecting himself and and so today you get people like they they pray for God to heal me and what's really happening is they're afraid of going to the doctor they're afraid of the bill they're afraid of what the doctor might say so they want they've got this fear looming over them and they say god heal me god heal me that's not the way the lord works usually it, it we the, the general principle because again things are here on the earth so we have to do what's right we have to do due diligence we have to do what is right here on the earth first and then the Lord comes in. And 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 the examples of this are like the, the stone water pots. Jesus had them collect the six water pots and fill them with water. Then the miracle happened. Before he fed the 5,000, it says that he made them sit down in groups of 50s and 100s. Then he multiplied the food. There's always a preparation that we have to do in the natural to be able to receive what the Lord wants us to do. Because he's not pouring out a miracle in something that is disorganized, that would be wasted and everything else. Look around you in nature. Is anything wasted? It's all, it's all tied together. So he br- gradually brings our lives into order in that same way. And, and so he doesn't do things in a wasteful manner. So what Paul's telling Timothy here is, is, you know, take care of yourself, do what is right in the natural first. And then the Lord goes from there. Now we know that Timothy evidently listened to what Paul said because Timothy didn't die until 30 years later. Uh, in the year 97, I believe it was, that he died. So he lived another 30 years. So evidently he followed Paul's advice, started taking care of himself. But more than that, the principle I'm bringing out today is not just taking care of yourself, but doing what you know to do in the natural first. That's the first thing. Don't hide behind your fear. Don't hide behind uh, the fear of money or the fear of the diagnosis because our bodies are ours. They're of the earth. What you plant is your, what you're going to reap. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So if you've got something going on in your body, do what is right in the natural first. Then the Lord can can go in and give you the grace or, or whatever it is that he's going to do to treat that. But first, you, you can't neglect what you know to do in the natural and then expect God to do his part. That's called the sin of presumption. Presumption is when you think God should do something when in fact it's your responsibility and He's not going anywhere. He's He's not going to budge on it. If it's your If it's your job, it's your job. So anyway, hope these two things have helped from my own life. Uh, I've been vertigo free once I started to discipline myself to to take a full day to unplug. Also, you know, office hours where I don't answer the phone. You know, after office hours, there are things that I've had to do and I'll never forget what the father told me. He said, your body is going the way of the earth and you need to learn, you have to learn to adjust. And so, you know, it used to be when I was a young man, I could work seven days a week, da, 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 neglect, but it, it accumulates and it manifests in my body as vertigo. I get very tired. So I learned my lesson on that. So these two weeks I've covered a variety of things. Today, it was neglecting of self and not doing what's right in the natural. So I hope it's been a blessing to you. God bless, bye bye. cwow